Hello, and welcome to the Equipping Godly Women podcast, where we help busy Christian moms find practical ways to grow in faith and family, no matter how busy they are. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Equipping Godly Women membership community, the place to get the mentorship, training, and encouragement you need to be the amazing Christian woman God is calling you to be. Learn more at equippinggodlywomen.com slash membership. Otherwise, let's go ahead and dive on into today's podcast. Hello, Brittany here, and welcome to the Equipping Godly Women podcast, where we share the tips, tricks, strategies, and encouragement that you need to be the amazing Christian woman, wife, and mother that God has called you to be. Well, of course, just because God is calling you to be amazing and live a life that is full and abundant in Him doesn't mean that we as Christian wives and moms always feel that way. Sometimes we can feel ignored or unappreciated or unseen. Well, if that sounds like you, you are in for a treat because today on the podcast, we are speaking with Lainey Travis, author of the Bible study, Do You See This Woman? Six Women Who Encountered Jesus Face to Face. In today's podcast, we are talking about why it is that women can feel so unseen and unheard and the real practical action steps we can take right now to find that balance between being seen in God without making everything all about ourselves. So if this sounds like the kind of thing you need in your life today, definitely stay tuned. Thank you, Lainey, so much for hopping on and talking with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be on your podcast. Well, will you start us off by telling us a little bit about you, your story, and why you wrote your book? Yes. Um, okay, well, um, my name is Lainey Travis. I've been married to my husband, Reese, for 15 years, and I live in Oklahoma City. And um, we have four kids, two boys and two girls, and they're at the age now, they're between 13 and 8. And so um, they're all in school. And so I'm kind of just in a different season. And I've, I've grown up in church and I feel like, um, and I've just grown up doing Bible studies my whole life. And I feel like the Lord really put it on my heart to open my home and to start a Bible study in my community. And um, I'd never done that before where I opened my home. I've always gone to Bible studies. And so I did, and I was kind of nervous about doing that. And I found a lady in my community that's like a real, prominent Bible teacher and she was willing to come teach it for a short time, she said. So I kind of thought maybe 12 girls would come. Well, there was such a need in our community for um, Bible study. And um, anyway, we ended up having like probably 40 girls a week. So it just got, was just packed. And I just felt like, gosh, this was just, God just totally blessed this. And she kind of came down with some health conditions and said, you know what? I can't lead this anymore, but I think you are anointed to teach. I think you need to go ahead and lead this group of women. And I was like, oh, I don't know. They're, they're my friends. I've just never taught before. I mean, I've done Bible studies. I've grown up in church, but I just had never taught anything. Well, um, there's sort of a series of events. Now, I'm, it's been three years now, and I'm still hosting the Bible study. And I stepped into a teaching role. And I began leading other women's Bible studies. And I would kind of sort of enlarge them and kind of make teaching notes and cater them to the group of women that came to my home. And um, God sort of just put a desire in my heart to start writing. And my kids are at school and I'm in the season for it. So I began writing Bible plans for the YouVersion Bible app. I go to Life Church, and that's an app that it's a free app that has access to so many um, Bible plans and different versions of the Bible. 
And I've got a following sort of on that. And I just felt like the Lord kind of said, take another step and maybe you write your own Bible study. So I, I did, and I wrote a Bible study and that went so well and I taught it and that's called Will You Marry Me? And that's another study I'm self-publishing right now. But, um, I started, um, with, do you see this woman? I started listening more to just what the women in my community were asking. Some of the questions they were asking, like, gosh, I mean, you know, in, in our sessions, does God see me or, um, how does he see me or does he hear my prayers? How does God see women? What's women's role in the Bible? I mean, just all these questions. And so I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to research that and I'm going to write a Bible study on women and their interactions with Jesus. And so that's how this study was born. And I taught it last year at my house and I had such a huge, um, just a reaction to the study. I mean, women just loved it. And so I thought, you know what? I'm going to self-publish that one first because it seemed to really, really speak to women. And, and so it's since then God's opened some doors and I've been able to speak at things about different women in the Bible. And, and, and now I'm still leading a Bible study, but I'm doing a different one now. So that's kind of the story of how this one was born. So you mentioned that so many women are asking the question, does God see me? And how does he see me? And does he hear my prayers? Why do you think that that is such a common issue that women are struggling with or questioning these days? Is there something that's leading them like culturally or something that we're believing? Or what is it that's causing so many women to wonder about this? I don't know. I think um, just women are, we're so connected you know, with social media and we compare ourselves and we look at what other people are doing. But I feel like there's a, a real um, hunger to be connected to the Lord. And women don't, I feel like there's, um, they've lost that connection. They don't know how to connect and what their purpose is. And a lot of women I talk to um, are kind of like me. They're empty, like not empty nesters, but their kids are going to school and they're kind of going, okay, is, is my career enough? Is it okay that I'm, you know, doing this job? Is, is it okay that I'm staying home? What, what, what's got my purpose now? Well, you know, where, where am I? Um, where's God leading me? And so I think it's just the transitions in life and with, um, just how we compare ourselves to what everybody else seems to be doing. I think that maybe those things play a role. And also I think shame, like so many, um, women maybe who didn't grow up in church or, even if they did grow up in church, they're dealing with some sort of sin in their life or, or something they regret. And they think, well, does God, can he still use me? I mean, is he mad at me? And, and, and that's, a, that was a lot of questions I got um, in the Bible study. And what we found, what I found and what the Bible study shows is all of these women were sort of stuck in a label or stuck in a cycle of sin or stuck in a wrong identity. And when they met Jesus, he freed them and he saw them and he met them right where they were and he led them into his purposes and his identity. And I think we as women, we can struggle with that. We can kind of get lost. And another um, point is we just play so many roles. You know, we're moms, we're wives, we're daughters, we're friends, we're, you know, we, we, we wear a lot of hats and we kind of think, well, well, who am I to God? How does he see me? What's, what's my, what's my identity? And we can kind of lose it sometimes in all the roles that we play. So I think a lot of factors play into that. Yeah, that makes sense. And that's something that I've seen a lot as well, just being on social media and hearing other women and things that we all struggle with from time to time. Um, I know in your Bible study, you say that God does see us, but what does that look like? What does that mean for God to see us? Does that just mean that he notices us and he knows we're alive or is there more to it than that? There's more to it. And so in um, the Greek word for see, and do you see this woman? I actually took that question. It's a question Jesus asked in one of the um, lessons. And I thought it was a powerful question because he sees us. And the Greek word for see is blepo. And it means to see something in its entirety, not just to see the surface. And to see something, um, it means to know intimately. 
So God sees us that way. He sees our, our backgrounds. He sees our education. He sees how we grew up. He knows why we're stuck if we are stuck in the label that we're stuck in. He sees the whole picture. And I love what the Bible says is um, God doesn't see as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God sees the heart. So God looked at these women and he, these each of the women in this study, and he saw them for who he made them to be. He saw their God-given identity and they had lost it somehow or they were stuck or, or, or they were mixed up in any freedom from man-made labels and he took him into their God-given um, identity. And so he sees the whole picture. He knows your whole story and he loves you. He loves every part of you and he knows and the wise, he, he knows what we struggle with. He knows our places of shame, our places of darkness or, or um, our insecurities. He knows it. He sees us fully. It's one thing to know, like on a logical level in your mind that, okay, God sees me, he knows me, but how can we make that really practical as Christian women who, you know, maybe we are lost in, okay, is what I'm doing enough? Am I a good enough mom? Am I a good enough wife? You know, and having all these questions and insecurities, how can we just on a very practical level, um, let that truth that God does see us make a difference in our life? What action steps should we do um, so we feel a little less invisible? Well, I think just pursuing God, um, he says, seek me and you'll find me. So just pursuing him in his word through a Bible study, through reading a 10 minute devotional every day, through listening to these podcasts, just filling our minds with um, the Lord, things that fill our souls. And, and he reminds us, his word renews our minds. So as we spend time with him in prayer, in Bible study, in um, reading our Bible and reading through a devotional, and it can be just something short in the morning, just, just filling our minds with the Bible, with his word, it changes us, it transforms us, and it reminds us who we are in him. And he says we're more than a conqueror. He says in him we can do all things. He calls us lovely. We're his beloved. He has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. He, he has good plans for us. And he meets us right where we are. Even when we're in just the thick of our sin, he meets us there and he forgives us. And when we're spending time with him and we're making that a priority and, and filling our minds with his word, it, it transforms us and it reminds us who we are. It's a practical way to stay connected. So I know in your book that you share about six women who God saw and you know had that connection with and it changed their lives. How can we though, as Christian women, um, if we're reading a book like yours or if we're just even reading in the Bible and we see these stories of, okay, God saw this woman, how do we apply that to our own life? Is it fair to say that, oh, because God saw her and healed her, then that automatically means that I'm gonna be seen in her healed as well? Or how do we go from, okay, here's a story about somebody else to, okay, here's what this actually means for me in my life. Well, I think he wrote the Bible for us and he gives us pictures throughout the Bible of who he is. So I just drew parallels with the, from each of these women. And, and in the study, I, I applied them um, some principles to our lives. And I think as um, Jesus gave us these examples to show us how he act, interacted with women, even some women were uh, needed healing. And some women needed inner healing and some women needed new mindsets. He freed them each from different things and, and he empowered them in their communities and he gave them a voice in, in, a, in a society where they didn't have a voice. And so, um, um, is that what you're asking? So he, I just drew parallels from their stories and I applied them to our lives because the Bible's written for us. It's, it's a picture of what, um, it's a living word. So we can, it's a present tense. He's an I am God. So he's the same God in the Bible that he is today. So we can take those stories and apply them to us. 
So as we're thinking about this topic of being seen by God, and that is a legit longing that each of us has. We want to be seen. We want to be known. We want to be accepted. How do we balance that, though? Because the Bible also tells us that we shouldn't make life all about us and that we should you know, spend more time focusing on others and serving others. How do we find that balance between being seen by God and thinking about our self-esteem and you know our own insecurities and getting past those, but balancing that also with the fact that the Bible isn't all about us, it's about God. And our primary mission in life isn't just to have good self-esteem or to be seen and to be in the spotlight, but then to put God in the spotlight and to use that to serve others. How do we find that balance? Well, and I think um, in the stories of a lot of these women, it was about really humbling themselves and bowing before Jesus and surrendering their life to him. And then he lifted them up. So, so it's about letting him define us and him lifting us up, not us trying to do it ourselves or by our works or trying to be good enough or, or trying to, to, to be in the spotlight. It's coming to him in, in, a, in a heart of surrender and saying, I can't do it without you. That's where you start. And then God will take you. Then he's going, okay, now I can use you. Now I can take you into the purposes I have for you. It's a partnership with the Lord. And I think um, what I love, um, what the Bible says is the spirit will lead us into all truth. So as we are um, bowing before God in prayer, as we're um, giving him our struggles, as we're um, starting our day honoring him and keeping him in the proper place, then he will lead us into all truth and, and he'll convict us in areas where he's going, Oh no, you're getting ahead of me here. Or you're, you're doing this in your own strength or, or you have a wrong heart motive here. He'll, he'll reveal it to us and convictions different than condemnation. He's not shaming us. He's saying, no, no, this is who you are. He gently corrects us. So I think just by spending time in his word and um, making him a priority, he, he's renewing our mind and he's showing us places of ourselves where where I do it, where I'm going, oh, I'm kind of striving here, or this is, I'm making this all about me. As I spend time with him, he corrects me and I look to him to define me and he'll lead us in that way. So I think as we um, spend time in his word, he, he reveals things to us about ourselves and he helps us when we get off track. Yeah, I've noticed that as well as I've been reading through the Old Testament lately. And you always come across these verses and it's just like, oh, straight to the heart. Like, oh yeah, I am totally guilty of that. And I wouldn't have even thought of it because, you know, in today's culture, it's so normal to puff yourself up and to think about yourself and um, just all these messages that we hear on a worldly basis. That's why it's so important to be in the word and see, okay, how did God relate to people? What did he ask of people? What does the scripture tell us? Like, this is how you need to be because it gives us that heart check where we're like, oh, totally have been doing that and did not even realize it. And now I know, and now I can do something about it. Um, so I want to ask you, because we as women, we want to be seen and we want to be heard and understood and loved. If we are not getting that from God, how we should be, can you talk a little bit just about the various places where women go to try to meet these needs? Just because if there's anyone listening right now who's like, okay, you know, maybe this is something that's kind of resonating for me, but I'm not really sure just to be able to call out, okay, here's what it looks like. If you were doing this, um, here are the symptoms, here are the signs, here is if you are getting these needs met in this place, you're missing out because you should be going to God instead. Yeah. Well, the Lord fills us like nothing else will. So I think just if you're unfulfilled, like you just come up empty and maybe you're looking for love. Maybe you're looking at for it in humans and people, people pleasing or, or um, even boyfriends or men. And you're trying to just fill because we all are born with a void. 
We all have a place of emptiness. We all need the spirit of Jesus to dwell in us. And that's the only thing that satisfies. It's how we're made. It's how God made us. So I think we can do it by, by works, by, by trying to be a perfectionist or by trying to control everything. And, and we talk about control and we talk about all of that in this study. It addresses all different issues that women have and we all have them. So it's very relevant. And I think we'll find, or you'll find as you do this study, that women in the Bible really are not that different from women today. It's the same issues we face. Their culture was different and their circumstances were a little different, but they felt the same emptiness. They felt um, the same need to try to do it themselves or, or to control in certain areas. And I think that's a big one for women. That's a big one for me. When I'm over controlling, I'm over hyper planning, I'm trying um, in my own strength to do something. I'm trying to be a perfectionist. I'm comparing myself to others. And you come up empty. You come up empty. Jesus fills us. And I always go back to go, Lord, I'm sorry. I just, I end up falling at his feet when you fill me. Your word fills me. Your word, it's it's living and active. It's alive. It, it, it penetrates the heart and, and the bone and the marrow. I wrote that verse in Hebrews 4.12. It says, for the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It pierces the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow. It discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Jesus sees our heart. He knows what we need. He knows how to satisfy us. He knows um, how to fulfill us and to send us into his purposes. And that's why we're here. So we won't be satisfied unless we're walking out our calling for the Lord. And we all have one. If you are on this earth, you have a purpose, you have a calling. And some of these women that you see in the study were, were stuck in the wrong, they weren't fulfilling their God-given calling. They were stuck in a wrong identity, a wrong mindset. And Jesus freed them and got them back on track. So um, I think just if you're finding and um, trying to find fulfillment, even in wealth and in riches and in success or in titles or in positions, you will come up empty. It's, it's Fulfillment is found in Jesus. So let me ask you too, because I'm wondering about this. How do we know where the line is between wanting more for ourselves in a good way and wanting more for ourselves in a way where we're not relying on God? So for example, if and this is just an example. If I were to come and be like, okay, I have terrible self-esteem and I hate myself because of X, Y, Z reason. At what point would it be appropriate to say, okay, well, if this is the reason, here is a very practical action step I could do about it. Um, like, for example, a lot of women are like, I feel really bad about myself because I'm overweight or I feel really bad about myself because um, I'm not working. At what point should it be more of a matter of, okay, well, if I have an issue with my weight, then I'm going to do something about it. If I have an issue with lacking purpose, then I'm going to go volunteer. I'm going to do something versus at what point do we say, okay, I just need to give it to God and pray about it and it's going to be okay. Yeah. Well, faith requires action steps. So you pray. That's the first step. You pray and you let God fulfill you and give you direction. But then he has purposes. He's created you for good works. You're saved by grace. You are saved by grace. And that's what these women in the study found that when they met Jesus, their faith saved them. Their faith saved them. But that's just the first step. That's the first step. And God says, okay, you're on my team. Now I got some things for you to do. And I'm going to free you up and I'm going to lead you into freedom, whether that's, um, you know, losing weight so he can keep your health good so you can go and use his purposes and, and have confidence. He wants you to have confidence. He has good things for you. So faith does require some action steps. And like Jesus said to one of the women, go and sin no more. And he's not saying go be perfect, but he's saying go and leave your life of sin. Take some action steps in my will. 
And I think he'll lead you and he'll lay it on your heart of where to go. And so, like you said, volunteering, there may be, um, as you're, as you're bowing before Jesus and you're, and you're spending time in prayer and you're reconnecting with him, he's going to put things on your heart. He's going to ask you to do things where his hands and feet. So and it's going to fulfill you. So, so wherever it, wherever he leads you, maybe it's, it's to volunteer and at a certain place that he's put on your heart, or it's to take action steps to maybe go, I'm going to do a workout plan and I'm going to, I'm going to eat healthy. My body's a temple. I feel like this is where God's leading me. He's always going to be taking us to new places as you, um, as you seek him. It's a relationship. So just like me going, now open your home, Laney. It's time to do a Bible study. Okay, now I'm going to have you write a, a Bible plan. Now I'm going to have you write a Bible study. And as I just kind of stepped into this promptings, I didn't know exactly what it's going to look like, but he sheds a light on the next step. His word's a lamp into our feet, a light into our path. We just kind of go, okay, I'm going to take a face step here. And, and then he'll lead us in another way. And he'll close a door as we walk with him, if it's not the right direction or, or we won't feel peace about that, or it's a relationship and it'll look different for everyone. But I think it starts spending time with him, feeding our soul, getting connected to him, getting in his presence. And then he'll start leading us into righteousness, whatever that looks like for us, leading us into our purposes, leading us into the next thing. And we're always going to have a faith step. Faith without works is dead. So we're always going to be and taking those steps of faith in different areas of our life. It's part of the process. And I love that. And I think that's so important to remember because it's something that I have just seen in the Christian community um, that some, and I don't want to be hateful or judgmental of anybody, but it just, I've seen this mindset that, oh, well, you just have to have faith and, oh, well, if you just pray enough and, oh, well, if you just believe enough and, you know, just God is going to fix it. He's the only one who can fix it. And so you really have to depend on him um, because he's going to be the one who's going to fix it all for you. And yet when you read the New Testament, and I'm sure in these stories that you share in your book, God is saying, yes, have faith, but have faith and then walk it out and do the things I am calling you to do to walk it out after the fact. It's not just a matter of, okay, we're going to pray about it and then God's just going to fix it for us. We're going to pray for the strength and then God is going to equip us um, and show us, okay, here are your steps. And, you know, only a step, a few steps at a time. He doesn't give us the whole, like, whole grand picture because that would be overwhelming. But, you know, here's your next steps. Okay, if you really want to do this, you're going to trust in me because God is absolutely the one who's going to give us the strength and he's the one who makes all things possible. Um, but he's not going to do it for us. And I think that's something that a lot of Christian like mindset that I've seen is missing. Right. And we have free will, you know, and in each of those, in each of these women's stories, you'll see he freed them from something. And he said, now go and sin no more. Go leave your life of sin. Go your faith has saved you. He tells them the next step and he doesn't say, okay, you can go back and, and go be what you were. No, no, we're, we're called, we're new. They were new. They were made new. They didn't, they weren't going to go back. They were saved. If they went back to their sin, they were saved, but, but they couldn't walk in the freedom and into the purposes he had for them if they went back. So God's telling us, go, go, leave this, do this. I'll empower you. I'll give you what you need, but you got to spend time with me. You got to stay connected to me. You got to get in my presence because we can't do it in our own strength. We need the supernatural strength of Jesus. And so I do, and um, there's teaching videos that accompany each week. They're about the 28 to 30 minutes. And we get into these principles um, in there. They look different for each woman, but I think we can all relate to them. Just how to, how to kind of take those first steps into freedom. And so, um, so we do cover that in the um, Bible study. Yeah. So tell me some more about your Bible study. Is this more of a book? Is it more of a Bible study where you're getting in and like reading the scripture or is it more of like a character study where you're mostly studying the women and their backgrounds? 
it's a Bible study and there's not a lot of homework, but there is um, reading because you're reading these women's stories and um, there's just a lot of it's, it's all scripture based. And um, I try to present it in kind of a fun but practical way because a lot of the moms that come to my Bible study take off work and they only have a certain amount of time and we all have kids and we're busy. So I didn't do so much homework, but um, it's enough meat and depth that you get into the stories. And then I um, video myself teaching in my living room and each week. So I started doing that. So if women would miss, they could watch the video because the teaching videos, they're, they're included in the book. They tell you how long they are. And I have a link that you can just go dire directly to, to watch them. And they really enrich the study because they really get into the really deep nitty gritty part of um, the women's stories. So um, it's a Bible study book accompanied with videos. And who are the women, who are the six women that you are studying throughout this series? Okay, here's the six women. Some of them are named and some of them are not named. So it's one of the, these are the weeks they're titled, The Woman Jesus Saw. The, and this is um, the woman that brought an alabaster jar of perfume to um, the dinner at Simon the Pharisee's home. The woman Jesus rescued. And this is the woman who was caught in adultery. Okay, the third one is the woman Jesus healed. And this is the woman who touched his robe that had a bleeding issue. The woman Jesus enlightened, and this is Martha. So I talk about Mary and Martha and their different personalities. Um, the fifth week is the woman Jesus delivered, and this is the woman who was in bondage by a demon, and she couldn't stand up straight. And week six was the woman Jesus comforted, and this is Mary Magdalene. So I, I cover some women who are named and, and some women who aren't. And um, those were, there's many women in the Bible that Jesus interacted with, many, many, many in the New Testament, but these six really stuck out to me. All right, last question before we have to wrap up for this podcast episode. But if you were to sit face to face with a woman who is listening right now, who's saying, this is me, I feel invisible. I feel like I've lost my purpose. I feel like all I am is just a mom or a chauffeur, or there's no me anymore because I'm so busy taking care of anybody else. Does God see me? Does he care? Does he have anything else for me? What would you say to a woman like this? I would say you are seen, you are loved. God has divine purposes for your life. He loves you. He wants you to reconnect with him. He wants to meet with you and he wants to show you who he says you are and remind you who you are in him. And I pray that you'll just um, gain from these stories and apply them to your walk and your life because there is purpose for you. There's purpose in the seasons when you're a mom and you're changing diapers. There's purpose in your career. There's no accident. He has divinely placed you where he's placed you and there's purpose in it. And as you get into God's word and learn these stories of the women, you will see that. Well, Lainey, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the Equipping Godly Women podcast and talk with us today. It has been so great talking to you. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. Nice to meet you and get to and um, spend time with you. So I appreciate you having me on. All right, so that just about does it for today's episode. Now, if today's podcast resonated with you and you're saying, yes, this is how I feel. I feel like nobody sees me, nobody appreciates me, like I've kind of lost myself in the midst of motherhood and being a wife and taking care of a house and all of the things. I have a couple of things that I want you to do. First of all, definitely make sure that you check out Lainey's Bible study. Do you see this woman, six women who encountered Jesus face to face? In this Bible study, Lainey is looking at six women and the remarkable experiences that they had with God. And so if you need a little bit of encouragement and advice and perspective, this is definitely a great Bible study that you want to check out. Also, on the topic of learning more from 
Christian women who have gone before. Um, I'm not sure if you have seen, but on the Equipping Gadley Women blog, we recently did a study about 15 great women of the Bible and the lessons that we can learn from them as well. So if you are interested in learning more from our spiritual ancestors, I would love for you to check out that series as well because it has just so much encouragement and advice that all of us as Christian women can use on a daily basis. And speaking of encouragement and advice, if you have not subscribed to the Equipping Godly Women podcast already, what are you waiting for? We come back all the time to share the tips and tricks, the strategies and encouragement that you need to be that amazing Christian woman that God has created you to be. So if you haven't subscribed, go ahead and do that. The link is below and I will see you back here again real soon. All right. Bye.